Hey everyone, how's it going? Uh, I hope you caught Aiden's devotional earlier this week. That is something that we're going to be doing every single week, and it's just going to be one week Aiden, one week me, and we're just going to switch off and on, um, and I hope it's just something that you can engage in. Uh, it's going to be released every Monday night or Tuesday morning, kind of depending, but we're going to try to make it as consistent as possible just to get you something to, to kind of reflect on and get you in the Word. Uh, as much as possible. Um, and then obviously, if you have any questions or need to reach out to us on anything, let us know. I'm more than happy to talk to you about that. Um, now, I don't know if you've noticed. You can kind of see the it's a little bit washed out there. But it's springtime. Spring is here. It's a new season, and um, there's a lot of hope in that, and there's a lot of excitement in that. Uh, it's warming up. I know that we've been stuck in our houses a lot, um, but if you went outside a little bit just into your yard you don't have to go very far go into your yard maybe go for a short walk um stay keep your distance but um walk down the street a little bit walk around your yard go for a jog just whatever and enjoy the warm sun um because i was out there just the other day and i was i didn't have to wear a jacket i went out wearing shorts and a t-shirt and yeah there was a slight cool breeze i didn't want to be out there forever but i felt the warmth of the sun it was unbelievable now, I know a couple of weeks ago I was talking about how I, at that point, was kind of like my least favorite part of the year. That kind of like weird, awkward, nasty transition where all the snow was gross, uh, muddy, disgusting. You can't really plan it. It's just icy and awful. Um, and that's my least favorite. Now we're coming up into my favorite time of the season or time of the year. Now... We're not quite there yet, but we're getting there. That point where it gets into the 50s consistently, 60 degrees sort of thing. That late spring into the summer months. Love that season. Love it so much. I think it is just the best, most welcoming, most lively time of the year. Obviously Christmas, there's, you know, obviously a lot of liveliness surrounding that, but that's a little bit different um, than this. I love being outside. I'm not a big fan of the cold. I don't know if you remember. Remember, I lived in the state of Virginia for eight years. It's a lot warmer there more often. <laughs> so um, my favorite season is that late spring into the summer months. Okay, And I loved this time of year growing up, especially because professional baseball would have been well underway. Um and back at, the, back at that time, the Twins were really good consistently. Yes, they would lose in the first round of the playoffs to the Yankees almost every single time, but they were still really good. Sorry, I didn't mean to shake the camera there. Um, but they were still really good, and they always made the playoffs and um, pretty much always won uh, the division. So they were really good. Now, I know they were good this past year, but they hadn't been in a very long time. So it was finally exciting, something exciting to see. So, But... Summer Rec League would also be going um, well underway, and we would be uh, out of the lake nearly every day with my friends uh, and family. We would just every day outside, and sometimes we wouldn't even, like my friends and I sometimes wouldn't even wait for the ice to completely melt off the lakes, which is not a smart thing to do. I don't recommend it, um, but we would stay relatively safe. We, we would uh, wear wetsuits and stay in fairly shallow waters where we know we wouldn't drown or anything. Um, but it still wasn't smart, uh, and we would get so cold. So no, I don't recommend that, but 
we were young and it was fun <laughs> and we just couldn't wait. So um, I remember one particular summer in the early 2000s pretty well. Uh, my family had just gotten an air conditioning unit that's kind of central air system in our house um, and we were loving it. Uh, before that, we would set up those massive box, fan, box fans in each window in the house and just open up all the windows. And it would create this like air cyclone in the house and it would just be loud and obnoxious. Couldn't really watch TV. If you did watch TV, it would be uh, you'd have to turn it way up and it would just kind of be drowned out by this constant blowing and forget doing anything with your hair. It would just be a constant sweaty mess because of the constant blowing. So, um, but we got air conditioning finally. So, um, now each summer in those years, we had some friends who lived in Texas. They were from Texas and they would come up to our neighborhood and live with their grandparents every single year. Um, and they loved baseball. So we would play baseball um, at the local park nearly every single day. Uh, and, well, one day we were out as a family with our friends and, and a bunch of friends. And we were playing ball from the morning through the late afternoon. And it was like 105 degrees. It was so hot. And I remember just crazy humid as well. So uh, now what my family didn't realize, now remember this is the summer that we had gotten AC. And what my family didn't realize is how well our air conditioning actually did work. So at one point, my mom went home to, I don't, I don't remember what it was. She was doing something, uh, but she was thinking, well, it's kind of hot in here. It's really hot outside, so I want my family to be comfortable. So bless her heart, she was being very thoughtful, um, and she turned the air conditioning on. Now move forward. We're having fun. We're out with our friends. We're getting really hot and sweaty, and then we go home in the afternoon we opened the door, and I swear icicles immediately formed. <laughs> this wall of the Antarctic just hit us as we went into our, into our house. Now, it was like, she turned it down to like 50 or 60 degrees. I don't remember what it was, but when you go from 100 to 105 degrees and humid into 50 or 60 degrees, it feels unbelievably cold. It is freezing, so we... We immediately just went all around the house looking for blankets, sweatshirts, anything that we could do to bundle up, which is really funny because it was over 100 degrees outside, but we were so freezing cold. Um, now, we had a good laugh about it, and we laugh about it now, and she was being thoughtful. I'm super thankful for my mom. I, I, I loved it, but we never turned it down to that temperature ever again, um, and it was a learning learning experience. Um, but at least we weren't hot and sweaty anymore, so... Um, now, I remember, I um, hope you remember last week and where we kind of been at in Mark, right? We've been in chapter 14, uh, and Aiden had just gone over the Last Supper. So, Jesus and his disciples were celebrating the Passover feast and the Last Supper, and talked about Judas betraying Jesus, and Jesus had foretold Peter's denial. So, remember, Jesus was praying in the garden told his disciples Peter, James, and John to remain awake and watch, maybe even pray with him, and they ended up falling asleep three separate times. So we're going into, we're going to be in verse, chapter 14 again, verse 43 is where we're starting, and it's right after Jesus had woken Peter, James, and John up for the third time. Um, now, also remember Peter's denial, or the, Jesus foretelling Peter's denial and how Peter was like, no, I would never deny you. I would never deny you before before this. And um, 
he, and Jesus is like, okay, well, I assure you, you will before the rooster crows twice, and you're going to deny me three separate times. And Peter's like, no. And Jesus is like, okay, well, come to the garden. Let's pray. And what happens? Peter falls asleep three times. So we're starting here, verse 43. It says, and immediately, while he was still speaking, Judas came, one of the twelve, and with him a crowd with swords and clubs, and the chief priests and the scribes and the elders. Now the betrayer had given them a sign, saying, The one I will kiss is the man. Seize him and lead him under, the gu under guard, away under guard. And when he came, he went up to him at once and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. And they laid hands on him and seized him. And one of those who stood by drew his sword, struck the servant of the high priest, and cut off his, he his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out as against a robber with swords and clubs to capture me? Day after day I was with you in the temple teaching, and you did not seize me. But let the scriptures be fulfilled. And they all left him and fled. And a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth about his body, and they seized him. But he left the linen cloth and ran away naked. Now, that verse 51-52, that guy who was there, um, a lot of people think that that was probably Mark, um, though we're not 100% certain. Um, but that may have been Mark, and he just kind of ran away. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just kind of a funny little, little snippet there. Um, but we do think that that may have actually been Mark. Just a neat little tidbit there about who that might have been. Um, but what we see here is that Jesus was prepared. Jesus had just gotten done praying. He told his disciples to stand by and pray with him, to watch, to, um, you know, be there, right? And they fell asleep three times. Jesus had gone to him, woken up three times. We've been through this, talked about this. And Jesus was ready. He had just gotten done praying. No resistance. He prepared through what? Through prayer. And he told his disciples to also prepare through prayer to watch and pray. And they didn't. Now Jesus wants us to be prepared and not caught off guard like the disciples were. So we want to be true disciples of Jesus. Not that they didn't become true disciples of Jesus, but we have a little bit, you know, perspective is twenty twenty, but... Jesus wants us to always be prepared and not caught off guard like they were in the garden at that time. Verse 53, And they led Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. And, the, and Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death. But they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, Have you no answer to make? What is it? that these men testify against you. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? And Jesus said, I am. 
and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garments and said, What further witness do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying to him, Prophesy. And the guards received him with blows. So it says Jesus was falsely accused and rumors had been spread about things that he had said, things that he had done, some true, some false. Like you said, he was being falsely accused of doing things that were against the law, things that were deserving of death. And it's, it's not true. Now Jesus' response, I'm going to read it again after... Because he, it says he, he, he made no answer, right? Verse 61, but he remained silent and made no answer. And the high priest asked him again, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the son of man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Jesus' response was not guarded, defensive, or offensive. He didn't, he didn't guard himself. He didn't attack. He said the truth. He answered the question with the truth. He answered the question with, well, you said it. You know, he, you say, you know, are you the Christ, the son of the blessed? I am. You're the one who said this. And now this is what I'm going to say. And this is the truth. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to see me seated at the right hand of power, coming with the clouds of heaven. Now, when Jesus does this, it equates him with God, and it puts him at the same level as God. And at that point, it was perceived by the priests as blasphemy, you know, the highest sin that you could do. You're putting yourself equal with God, which at that time they was, was crazy to think about, right? Have you ever been falsely accused of something, meaning that somebody says you did something or says you said something or misrepresented something that you have said uh, and it just wasn't, it's not the way that you meant it or it's taken out of contest. Have you ever had something like that? I, I have. I have. Uh, this happened to me a couple times in high school. Uh, one in particular was just one instance where uh, I was confronted about my faith and they were asking me a bunch of these hard questions, a lot of really biased, stereotypical questions that a lot of Christians get. I'm not going to get into too much detail. And I wish I was more prepared at the time. I'll be completely honest, because I was caught so off guard by it. Which is the whole point of this and what Jesus is saying. And, well... The, just kind of the message of this section is to be prepared. Now, I, I was caught off guard, and yeah, I would say something, and then it would be twisted um, to make it, make it sound like I was saying something else, and I was like, no, 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 that's not what I meant, that's not what I said, and it just became a total mess. I didn't handle that the best. A little bit funnier is when I was in elementary school. I remember being accused this had nothing to do with my faith, um, but I had been accused of uh, running into the girls' restroom when I was in second grade. Did not do this. I remember it very clearly. I remember walking by it. 
I was I wasn't really running. I was walking kind of fast. You may have been called it a jog. But I did not go in it, okay? I swear this teacher was just out to get me, all right? So um, now in her defense, I was probably moving a little bit too fast, and I shouldn't have been in the hallway at the time because um, I was going to the bathroom, and I was just kind of taking my time, and she came around the corner. So maybe she thought I did, but I really think that she was just out to get me. So that was another thing I was falsely accused of. I had to go to the principal's office. It was awful. Hated it, and it just wasn't true, and I'm over it now, but... It was still kind of, mm, at the time, so. Uh, but how do we prepare? How do we prepare for, to defend ourselves? How do we prepare in those cases where somebody comes against us, challenging our faith, challenging who we are, maybe challenging something that we've done or said, and how, how do we prepare for those cases? Well, Jesus lines it out. He says, pray, read scripture, and listen. Remember, scripture says, be still, right? And know that I'm God. Be still and listen. We have one thing that you can take out of this time and having to be in our homes and kind of isolated. And I know it's tough. But we have this awesome opportunity to get away from life, to get away from those everyday busy tasks that keep us distracted, just to sit in silence, to listen to Jesus, to listen to God, to pray, to look outside and see grass to see this hopeful transition from winter into spring. I don't know if many of you, maybe maybe some of you haven't even noticed, over the last couple of days, so much snow has melted. Over the past time period, while we have been stuck in our houses, spring has come. And I would say some of you probably have noticed, but if... You're not paying attention, you wouldn't have noticed. Prayer, reading scripture, listening to God. Verse 66. And as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came. And seeing Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with the Nazarene Jesus. But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you mean. And he went out into the gateway, and the rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him and began again to say to the bystanders, This man is one of them. But again he denied it. And after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, Certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. But he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And immediately the rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered how Jesus had said to him, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he broke down and wept. This is how to not be prepared, in case that wasn't clear. <laughs> Fear overcame Peter. Peter was obviously not fearing God at the time. 
right? He wasn't, and 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 I mean by by fearing God, I I don't mean like cowering in fear, but in a sense, yes. Peter was more afraid of people. He was more afraid of what the masses would do to him, what they would say to him or say about him. Now, I know that, again, hindsight, everything is twenty twenty, and we give Peter kind of a, you know, a really hard time with this. How would we respond in that situation? If that were to happen today, and we were confronted today about our faith, and it was a serious moment, how would we respond? Something I want you to reflect on. Jesus wants us to be prepared. Don't be afraid to share what God has done for you, to share how he has impacted your life. So what I want you to do in the, in the big challenge that I have over this next week is I really want you to reflect in the gospel. I know we're in Mark, and this is you know, one of the gospel letters, but I want you to really reflect in the gospel so you know the John 3.16 sort of like summary tagline verse that many Christians um, and believers go to, you know, um, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Um, and then Romans 6.23, uh, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. I want you to reflect on that reflect on the gospel and then I want you to write out your faith story and share it with somebody that is how we are prepared Jesus wants to be prepared to defend our faith I'm not saying deep theological apologetics I'm just saying what has Jesus done for you what has Jesus done for us it's something that we do here at Timberwood all the time you know pretty much every week a faith story and it's not just series of events and stories that have happened in your life but how they have impacted your walk with Jesus so write out that faith story however long it needs to be and share it with somebody share it with your family share it with your friends um, at a safe distance <laughs> But that will help you to be prepared, and it should help you to overcome any fear that you might have with, with sharing that with somebody. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you so much for this time, this unique opportunity that we have to just be still. To do away with any sort of distractions in our life and the daily tasks, and just to stay silent. I pray that each and every one of us during this time are able to focus on you, that we're able to understand your word and reflect on your word and reflect on your gospel and what you truly have done for us in our lives. Thank you so much in the glorious name of Jesus.